On this episode of Bluey's Brisbane, we're going to Hammerbarn. And husband shopping. Whether you call Brisbane's home or are planning a trip to the River City, this is the podcast that will help you plan the ultimate Bluey day out. <laughs> the best of Brisbane for real life. This is Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. Welcome back to another episode of Bluey's Brisbane. This episode, we're exploring the uh, suburbs of Fernie Grove and Capera. My name's Justin, owner of one card table that gets hauled around Brisbane as we explore the uh, the real life world of your favourite Hiller family. And once again, joined here by Lou Bromley. Welcome, Lou, to the card table. Hello, I'm off to the dump with you today. Well, we're sitting in the shadow of the dump here. Actually, uh, we, we've uh, set the card table up today at the uh, the Fernie Grove Aqua Park which is a great water park that's been set up by the City Council. Great place to bring the kids. And we're right in the shadow of the actual dump, Louis Dump, and just a stone's throw from, uh, from Hammerbarn, which is, of course, the Capera Bunnings. But we had an incident at Capera Bunnings just earlier. Should we share, Lou? Yeah, we should. It was very hot. We tried to set up the card table, but everybody knows who's listening. If you've been to a Bunnings... There is no place just for a casual card table setup. It is just chaos. Everyone's fighting over car parks. We're in the sun. We couldn't get close enough to share the marquee of the sausage sizzle, so we thought, you know, Aquapark, this is pretty sweet. Mm. So it looked, looked good on a whiteboard. Did, Not so good in practice. Now, car parks aren't as uh, scenic as one hoped. No, it only lasted <laughs> a few a minutes. Lasted a few minutes and we got... Right, we're out. We're done. <laughs> I was a bit of a prima donna. I can't work. I can't work under these conditions. So <laughs> off we went. And here we are at the, uh, at the Aqua Park. Um, so we're actually sat here um, on Sanford Road uh, in Fernie Grove, which is in the northwest of, uh, of Brisbane. And uh, look, we mentioned in the last episode when we teased this that Brisbane locals might sort of turn up their nose and say, well, you know, Fernie Grove. What's on offer at Fernie Grove? There's actually a heap of stuff. There families really is. to to do yep. out here. It's great. Now, one thing I've got to pull you up on, just in case someone's just parachuted in to the Hammer Barn episode with us. How do you know this Bunnings, the Capera Bunnings, is the Hammer Barn, as opposed to every other Hammer Barn Bunnings that are in Brisbane? The Capera one is very distinctive in that it's set into a quarry, so it's set um, in the hills just between the Gap and Capera and is set into a, uh, a functioning quarry. It's still working. I believe it has been sold and it will be sort of developed as housing you know, in the next few years. But it's very distinctive. You've got the, the cliffs there right behind the Bunnings. Every other Bunnings is kind of in an industrial estate. They all look the same. But Capera, it's quite distinctive, it stands it? out. Yeah, so for real life, Bunnings versus, you know, Bluey's Hammer Barn, it's almost match for match. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You can tell straight away. It's not so much the heat, but the humidity. This is Bluey's Brisbane. Hey, no fair. I want a husband too. Hammer Barn has actually become probably one of the most famous or you know, most popular episodes of Bluey. Like, everyone can relate to that experience of uh, going shopping at Bunnings, don't they? Absolutely. And, like, the UK now, um, for any of our UK listeners, you've now got Bunnings. So I'm just going to do a little wistful um, hope for you here. That you do get the sausage sizzle on the bread with the optional onions and the sauce because that's just part of what it is to be Australian here. It's all about the snag on bread. It always tastes better if it comes from your local hammer barn. 
And for our uh, American friends who are listening to the podcast, yeah. you know, your version is probably Home Depot. Send us a, send us a line, reach out on the, the socials. Do you have the barbecue at Home Depot in the States? Love to find out. Even snag on bread. Does that make any sense to our US listeners at the other end? Probably not. I'd say no. They want the whole, th- you know, whole thing, the hot dog, the onion... Hot dogs. The sauce, the cheese. I'd like to know how they interpret the sausage barbecue snag on bread mm. at their Home Depot. All right, we'll look into that. Yep. We'll look into it. So what's something that you have uncovered, Justin, about a little bit of the hidden awesomeness that's Capera and Fernie Grove? Well, if you're into trains, like trains are all over Fernie Grove. Um, and we're actually going to find out a little bit more about Brisbane's tram history in a few moments. But... Um, you know, obviously we've got the dump here. We're sitting in the shadow of the dump, the, the, the massive hills of the old landfill, and now the transfer facility that sits on top of those hills. That's where Bluey goes when they go to the dump. You know, Bluey gets upset because, you know, Dad's trying to chuck out her pictures. That's the spot. And there has been some new episodes of Bluey drop in Australia over the last month or so. And there's a couple of nice nods to Fernie Grove in some of these new episodes of Bluey. Uh, Of course, Fernie Grove is home to the Fernie Grove line. The healers went on a road trip to North Queensland to the Big Peanut uh, in Tolga. And of course, they saw a train travelling beside the Bruce Highway, which many of our followers on Facebook thought might have been the spirit of Queensland. Now, we did have confirmation from Queensland Rail that that train featured on Bluey is actually just part of the new generation rolling stock, um, which is a little bit odd given that those trains don't leave the southeast of Queensland. The other uh, touch point to where we find ourselves today, Lou, is uh, the Dunny episode. Now, of course, it wasn't that long ago that there were Dunnies all over Brisbane. Um, and in fact, this site where we are today is actually an old night soil disposal site. Get out. You never told me that. No, no. located here? You wouldn't want to have come here. But What a proposal that <clears> would have been. Do you want to come to the night soil sanitation disposal area? Oh, it's oh, long, I'm in. Hashtag. <laughs> it's long gone. But I mean, one of the most amazing things about Brisbane is that it wasn't actually fully sewered until the 1960s and in some parts the early 1970s. That's only 50, That's 50 years ago. Yep. You know, my parents' generation in Brisbane growing up was that if you needed the toilet, you went out of the house up to the dunny at the back of the yard. Oh, yeah. And mum hated it. Mum talks about it, so she doesn't have fond memories of it. And, you know, one of the most... uh, I don't want to be judgmental, but one of the jobs you probably didn't want was the the night soilman, the dunny man, who would come and collect... uh, So there weren't pit toilets, basically a canister that went underneath, and it would be removed and replaced with a clean one and the uh, the used ones with the you know you know what would be brought to somewhere like here and um and dealt with dealt with yeah um so that's just amazing that that existed in brisbane um we really didn't get those sewers until the 1960s and that was a product of um they that originally planned it in the early part of the century and then wars hit depression hit and it just got put on the back burner until a bloke called Clem Jones gets in. And in that sense, he's kind of seen as, you know, modernising Brisbane. But there's yes. an interesting link to the trams that we'll find out about shortly because Clem was also the person who got rid of the trams. And that's pretty much widely seen as a bad move in, you know, long-term uh, planning of Brisbane. 
So, um, so that's pretty interesting that you know, we're sitting here on an old night soil dump. And I think, too, we've still got any of our international listeners will know the outhouse or the dunny. That's such a Aussie thing. And all of our, you know, locals and Aussie listeners, um, that's something that's a little bit of an icon of Australia. So if you, you own an old house and it still has the old outhouse sort of structure, you keep it. it it'll become the little shed that has your lawnmower, rake and a shovel, you know, in it. Or you convert it into a cubby house or something like that. There's a lot of nostalgia now for what was... Um, rapidly modernised and removed uh, 50 years ago in this city. Mm, and still evident in your Queenslanders and in your post-war houses, you'll see that often the, the toilet and often the shower, as was in my grandparents' house in their post-war house at Wavell Heights, it slapped onto the back of the house as an afterthought because originally you had a bath and you had the dunny and That's that was right. it. Yes. And one thing about Brisbane, it's definitely a train city. Mm. I'm a woman of a certain age. You're a man of a certain age. We are post-trams. So to learn a bit more about the tram history and why all of a sudden tracks turn up in the middle of a road where you're travelling somewhere, or why that bus stop looks particularly large and unusual, what's an old tram stop that's now Mm. a bus stop. So tell me what you discovered about this tram history to Brisbane. Okay, well, uh, Fernie Grove is home to the Brisbane Tramway Museum Society. Now, that was established uh, in the late 60s as a way of preserving the the tram history. Once it was decided that, you know, trams were going to be no longer used, they ripped up all the old tram lines. Um, So I actually caught up with uh, Peter Hyde, who is the president of the Tramway Museum, um, just to find out a little bit more about what's on offer at their museum and a little bit about the history of trams in the city. You're listening to Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. The museum was started just a few months before the tram stopped running in the streets of Brisbane. Um, A group of people got together and decided that it was important for the history of the city that some of the trams be kept, and that led to a, a wider ambition that the trams would actually operate and people would be able to travel on them and experience what it was like to go to work or shopping by tram. We've just touched on the brief history of the museum. Can you just explain what's on offer here for for families? Yes, we open on Sunday afternoons, uh, unless it's raining. We don't like our trams to go out in the wet. We normally have five or six different types of trams running on the day, and people can experience what it was like in the 1900s, in the 1920s or 1930s, right up to the very last tram that was built in Brisbane in the 1960s. And they get to see how things improved, how the transport evolved, and how comfort got a lot better for the passengers and the crews. And of course it was really important for a public transport network back then because no one had cars, right? In the very early days, of course, if you didn't have the option of a car, you had a horse or, or you walked. Um, As the 1920s went on, people did get more cars, but uh, it wasn't really till after the Second World War that uh, car ownership in Brisbane took off to any extent. I've never actually done an interview on a tram before, so can you tell me about this tram we're sitting in now? It's a beautiful old, must be at least 100 years old, surely? It's very much more than 100 years old. It was built in 1901. It's an example of the first type of electric tram that we had in Brisbane rather ornate, lots of etched glass and polished timber, shining brasswork. 
It's uh, not exactly the most comfortable vehicle, but it looks very nice. So where would a tram like this typically have sort of gone around Brisbane? All the tram services in Brisbane either started in or passed through the main shopping areas in Queen Street and Adelaide Street. And then this type of tram would have gone to Windsor, New Farm, the Wollongabba area, West End, the inner suburbs, which in those days were the major high-density population areas, uh, a situation that they're reverting to at the moment. We're sitting next to what would probably be a more modern tram, I'm guessing. So what, what's the difference between, say, the early trams around the early 1900s and, say, the trams that went right up to the 60s? What's the difference? The very early trams were very open. Um, some of them had no walls or sides at all, just a, a canvas blind that could be pulled down if it was raining too much. And uh, they didn't have windscreens to protect the drivers either. The trams ran in Brisbane for many, many decades. Why was the decision made to ultimately get rid of the trams? It was very much a decision of the Lord Mayor of the time, Clem Jones. He had a great belief that everyone should have a car, there should be freeways built everywhere. He just saw no place for public transport, really, in the future of Brisbane. There was a major study done into public transport and transport needs generally in Brisbane that recommended not surprisingly, getting rid of trams and also closing almost all the suburban railways. You could imagine the mess that Brisbane would have been in if they had carried through the whole of that plan, closed the railways and built a vast network of freeways and car parks in the central city. We had a celebration at the museum here to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the running of the last tram in Brisbane a couple of years ago now. And the current Lord Mayor uh, admitted that it was the worst planning decision the council had ever made in its entire history. So if you're into history, into sort of trains, trams, that sort of thing, you can come and see a lot of the history here. But is there any of the actual tram network left in Brisbane? Can people see any of the original tram tracks at all? There is a section several hundred metres long at Carina in Old Cleveland Road. And there's a very short section adjacent to the Memorial Arch at the southern end of Victoria Bridge. That's all the physical remains that is obviously related to the tram network. But most of the electrical substations are still standing around the city if you know where to look. They were quite substantial brick imposing buildings. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for showing us this uh, beautiful old tram. It's our pleasure, and I hope people come out and have pleasure themselves in travelling on the trams at the museum. The podcast showing off the best of Brisbane for real life. This is Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. Granddad's gravy. Justin, I can really tell you enjoyed that. You're a little bit of a trainophile. Is that even the right word to describe people who love their trains? Yeah, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, definitely. Train spotter? Definitely, but look... Um, there is a personal connection because my grandfather, after the war, took a job as a conductor on a tram. There's that personal connection there. And then, you know, my parents will often talk about um, when you wanted to go shopping, when you wanted to do anything. My, my dad's family never had a car until he was well into his teens. You wanted to do anything, you jumped on the tram and off you went to the shops or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the stories my late grandmother would talk about. Um, mm. If you wanted to go into the city, one just didn't drive. It 
That was a ludicrous idea. You took the tram. It just went straight there. Sad to see the trams go, but you can still um, see them running the Fernie Grove Tramway Museum. They're open uh, Sundays from 1pm, weather permitting. They don't like to take the trams out in the rain because a lot of them are open to the elements and want to keep them nice. Bluey's Brisbane! It's a bushwee! Not only is uh, the Aqua Park where we're currently located here in Fernie Grove, and we'll share Google locations for maps um, with you on social media about how you can find this, but there's heaps of other stuff that you can do here. But one thing I really want to zoom in on, for all of those parents who might be listening and you've got kids or other family members who are wheelchair bound there's actually this is an accessible park as well and there are options for those who are in wheelchairs and that's fantastic here to see today as well another really great option along that line is in a neighboring suburb called arana hills it's called the hills district all abilities park now this is actually a fantastic park and as the name suggests all abilities are welcome Um, tried and tested by my kids we've been there for a number of parties they love it. It's got a bit of a bee theme and a honey theme going on. Um, it's all fenced in so the kids can run wild and free. The parents can sit back with a you know, sausage on bread, uh, maybe a cold bevy, and just uh, enjoy life as the kids enjoy the All Abilities Park right there in Arana Hills. Now, if you want to combine the Granny's episode with a few more bluey Uh, episodes like The Dump and Hammer Barn, there's also an option quite close to us. What cafe did you discover, Justin? Yeah, I found the the Kids Play Cafe, which is at Pure Tennis on Samford Road. It's just up the road from where we are. It's actually amazing. Look, it's a full tennis centre, but they've devoted one of their tennis courts to kids. So they've got a a full, um, full cafe with a playroom for the kids, but then they've also got the tennis court set up with the granny cars for the kids and a whole bunch of other sort of ride-on toys. So that's another cool option. It's really popular with mums, with young kids to catch up with their friends on a, on a weekday. Really great option. You, know, you can get down there, get your Rita and Janet on in the, in the granny's cars. The mums and dads can sit back with a, a, a nice coffee. I just love that everything they're doing down there is family sort of focused. Um, they're putting everything through the lens of how families can, you know, enjoy the space. And we always talk about riding on this podcast because it's a great no-cost activity for families. And, you well, the healers do it all the time, Yeah, too. they're always out they're on, on the bikes. They're on scooters, bikes, yeah. they're like, yes. Um, you can actually use the cafe as sort of a launching pad for uh, the Samford Valley Rail Trail, um, which sort of winds its way through sort of Fernie Grove and up into the foothills of Samford, uh, up into Camp Mountain. And another sort of rail, obviously by the name, uh, inspired activity here in Fernie Grove. The rail network actually went all the way out to Samford. So now Fernie Grove is the end of the line and Brisbane commuters would know the Fernie Grove line. The line actually went all the way through to Debra. There's a terrible accident in the late 40s. The Samford rail disaster led to the closing of the line about five years later. Um, And you can actually see when you ride up on that on that bike ride where that accident was it's marked and if you're keen you can continue along some of the roads um, into Samford but about half of that ride is a dedicated bike path along the old train line. That sounds pretty good and rail trails are getting a little bit of popularity too there's a lot springing up in southeast Queensland Mm. but also around the world so um, I think there are a lot of people who would love to combine rail with their bicycles. This is Blue 
please, Brisbane. Hey, no fair. I want a husband too. Now we've done Capera, we've done Hammerbarn. I've got my six husbands here in the trolley. They're in the boot now. Where are we going to go next? Well, we're actually going to go just over the hill to the gap and we're actually going to be on the hunt for a small marsupial who's actually been quite popular uh, in Bluey. Hello. Does he have his own picture book? He does have his own picture book and he gets around. So (laughs) we'll be on the search for him in the very next episode of Bluey's Brisbane at the Gap. Perhaps you'd like to even guess and post an answer on our social media where we're going to be going next. Who might this marsupial be that we've managed to track down? And maybe I can even give another hint. We've actually tracked down the original marsupial who now has his own book. We'll find out more about that in the next episode of Bluey's Brisbane. Um, What should we do now, Lou? We're sat here at the water park. What should we do? I've got six husbands to tend to now. They're in the boot, getting a bit warm. You can't leave your gnomes in the boot for too long. So we'll leave you on that. Make sure you (laughs) chuck us a like on the socials at Bluey's Brisbane, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, drop Drop us a line. Love to hear your feedback about how you're having a Bluey day out in Brisbane. You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane. Oh, be quiet, Chatter Max.